What's up everybody, Brandon R. Scarborough here. I want to take a moment to share with you and tell you about my dream, my passion, ultimately my purpose. Dreams Academy is our nonprofit organization located in Akron, Ohio, where we specialize in mentoring young men of color. I started Dreams Academy in 2016, and since then, we've had the opportunity to impact and mentor over 300 young men in our area. I want to tell you about this because it's dear to me, it's near to me, and so I want to tell you how you can support. Go to our website and see what we're doing, www.dreamsacademyonline.org. Also, when you get to our website, be sure to visit our Queens Academy page. We launched Queens Academy so that we can start having the same impact with young women of color in the summer of 2021. It's been a great journey, and we look forward to impacting more and more young people. We need your help. Consider today making a donation to Dreams Academy so that we can keep impacting more and more young people. You can give online right at our website. You can give through Cash App, Dreams Academy. You can also text to give by texting DREAMS to 44321. If you are unable to donate now, that's completely fine. We still want to connect with you. Visit us on Instagram at Dreams Academy USA and Queens Academy USA. You can join us on Facebook at Dreams Academy and Queens Academy, or go to our website and fill out the contact us form and leave us your email address so we can add you to our email list so that you will get our newsletter so you can stay up to date with everything that's happening with our organization. Whatever you decide to do, however you connect with us, we're grateful for the connection. Thank you so much in advance for your support. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dear White Teacher. I know we've been off for a little while, glad to be back. Just had a great time uh, right before we opened up with my guest who just shocked me with some new information um, as I asked and made sure I was saying her name right. She subtly let me know and reminded me that she's a doctor. So I want to introduce everyone to Dr. Redelia House. What's up? <laughs> she's still cracking up. <laughs> it was such a subtle flex. She like, you know, if you want to add doctor when you say it, I'm like, oh. All right. What's up, Doc? Hi. How you doing? I'm well. Nice I'm so glad you came. Be here. Doctor. This, like, this is about to go the whole show. No. Doctor of Education. Yes. You been having a good day? Yes, I am. Good. It's a beautiful day in Akron, Ohio today. So tell, tell the people tell the people about Journey to Doctor since, since oh we're here. Gosh. Like, you've been in education, I know last week, talked over 20 years. And so let, let's talk about how you got there. Um, originally, I started actually teaching at Kent State okay. um, for a little bit, doing orientation, and then I began to um, became an intern. So I'll start training teachers, teaching teachers how to uh, conduct their class on campus. And then from there, I was actually going into pre-medicine. So I was actually uh, going into medicine. Um, I wanted to be a, a pediatrician. So you was going to be a doctor. And so I was going to be a, <laughs> a medical doctor. And so while I was taking calculus, um, one of my professors was like, um, you should just go ahead and, and get, uh, get your degree in math. You already you only have a couple more classes and you can just get a degree in math. I was like, no, I want to just, I want to go to medicine. I just want to be a pediatrician, neonatologist. And he was like, no. And so um, I started to think about it because when you go into pre-medicine, you really want to have a, another degree um, so you can fall back on something. Mm -hmm. And then um, during that time, I actually was watching a show at Kent State. I was standing in the dorms and I was watching a show and I saw a doctor and she decided 
um, even though she went to school all those years, she decided that she didn't want to be a doctor no more. Mm. And so, and I think that woke me up and I said, you know, I need to make sure this is really what I want to do. Um, I was a TLC fan. I used to schedule my classes around the show <laughs> so I could watch it. And so when I was watching the episode, she said, I don't know if I want to um, live in the hospital. And then I say, you know, maybe, maybe I should, you know, go into getting my degree in math and see, um, and then just go back. So my plan was to go and get finished my degree mm. and then go back to medical school. Okay. And so um, go in that direction of medical school, but I just didn't end up going back. I ended up getting my degree uh, in math education, secondary education. Um, and then I end up um, getting hired straight from Kent State. So one of the charter schools, uh, they actually saw me, interview me, and hired me on the spot. Wow. Here and, in Akron? In, in Akron. Okay. Um, and actually, Ida B. Wells. Okay. Back in the day when it was yeah, Ida yeah, B. Wells. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember. And so, and from there... Um, I just knew if I was going into education, um, growing up, I didn't have African-American math teachers. Mm. So that was important for me to make sure that um, I show that side and, and show urban students that you can be um, African-American and teach math. Right. And so that was important. So that was my main goal. Um, in my career. And so when I would teach, I, 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 sh I would share with my class, hey, this is why I'm here, because I want y'all to have teachers that look like me. Yeah. So now I understand, last time we talked, and I was like, I never knew you were in education. I thought you were in medicine, because mm -hmm. I remember saying, I was like, I thought you was a nurse. So <laughs> no. I must have known, because we've known each other since time. Kent days. Yeah. So I must have known you were in medicine some way, because mm -hmm. I, I would have had no idea to, to put that together just on my own. But you got out of that and turned into education. So starting out at Ida B. Wells, and so what, what year was that? Um, Ida B. Wells was... Probably 2000 and I believe five, six. Okay, so you, you've been in the game. You, you're a veteran at this point. <laughs> yeah. You're a veteran. And so, you know, from Ida B. Wells, um, one, that's dope that you're uh, teaching math because that's, you know, like you said, represent, representation and there's a lot of things surrounding that. Um, and, you know, I, I hate numbers personally, <laughs> so that I would need a tutor and everything. But, you know, to, to have that in the classroom for kids to see that, I think that's extremely dope. So thank you for that. Um, from Ida B. Wells, where, where did you end up after that? Um, before, actually, I ended up doing my student teaching with Akron Public Schools. Okay. And then I ended up um, from there, then I ended up going to Ida B. Wells. Okay. And then from Ida B. Wells, I actually started doing some teaching with um, students that had disabilities. Mm -hmm. So they had ADHD, it was face, um, they had Asperger's, um, these different conditions, and okay. I was just teaching them math. Wow. And then I, then I started to, you know, when you start working with different um, administration, they know your work, yeah. then they start trying to seek after you mm -hmm. and say, hey, can you come to my school? Can you um, help me out with uh, this particular class? And so for a minute, it just seemed like I was just, coming in and restoring classrooms. Wow. Literally. So I want to talk about that, <laughs> but I know somewhere on the journey, you ended up here in the building where we're taping right now. Right. So 
Where, when, at what point was that journey? Uh, that was in around 2014. Okay. And um, the same situation. They called gotcha. me to see if I could come in and uh, step in and take over a class. So let's talk about that. What was, let, let's define restoring classrooms. Okay. What, what's that? Um, restoring classrooms meaning that the classroom is in a position where either the teacher can't handle the classroom and uh, or they realize that it's, it's not for them. Mm. And so I come in and um, come set in. Set order, huh? Yeah, set order, get things back into work, get, get things back into place. And so it, the students can learn. And a majority of the time is, is African-American students. So okay. pretty much it's like a 98% mm-hmm. of the students are African-American. So I'm, I'm glad you answered that because that was my next question. Yes, and a lot of the times the teachers were pretty much Caucasian. Mm-hmm. I just, so that I was, was my <laughs> next question after that. So thank you. So I was pretty much I'm just going to sit in the hall. You, you got this already. You, you know exactly where I'm headed with this. Yeah, so pretty much I was just coming in, just uh, taking over classrooms. Um, I've taught in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. A lot of my years been in Cleveland as well. So in, in these, you know, kind of restorations, I got a lot of questions that can, that can touch on this. What what did you find were some of the um, disconnects that were causing, you know, disruption? I think part of just understanding our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times the way we handle our classroom, the way we handle our kids, it's a little bit different than what their culture is used to. Um, there's certain things that I can say right. that they probably wouldn't say. If I tell you to sit down, they know I mean sit down. Right. Uh, with them, you know, and I always say, uh, kids, they know, <laughs> they know who they can get away with, mm-hmm. what they can get away with, and what mm-hmm. they can't get away with. Yeah, and our, but, our last episode was called They Tried It. Because <laughs> they tried the it? young lady, okay. she said that she was like, they, they was trying me, and we, we talked about what that meant and everything, but yeah, they, they know who they can try. Right, and, they, and a lot of times um, I've had to restore, I remember one of the classrooms I had to come in and take over, and I intentionally told the principal if I come in, this is what I need to do, X, Y, and Z, because I've been doing it for so long. So I already know what what type of groups, I mean, what type of students I'm working with. I always get feedback from the principal to tell me, well, what's going on in the classroom? Mm-hmm. So that gives me an opportunity to kind of reflect on what direction I need to go in in order to kind of restore and repair the classroom. Wow. So how long, like, so if you, if you came into a classroom situation, so my guess would be school year starts, September, October, by November, they can see the classroom is in, is in turmoil. That's when they call you. Mm-hmm. They might call me during that time. Um, it depends on what I'm doing, what I'm available. Right. Um, they might come in as in, tor- tor- as in a situation where it's just out of control. I mean, I had a classroom. They, the students would put spitballs on the wall. <laughs> they was, wow. They was doing a lot of stuff right on the tables. I mean... So when I came in and I was looking at it, I just never experienced a middle school classroom in that condition. Yeah. But I realized that if um, if the if the teacher don't feel empowered, and or they have they don't have they have book knowledge but don't have the experience, 
then it kind of defeat the purpose. Yeah. You know, it's kind of overtake them a little bit. It's too much. Yeah. Um, and one thing I've learned is, yes, I might have the book knowledge, but I have the experience. Yeah. <laughs> you have to have the experience when you're working with urban kids. So when I come in, um, I definitely try to hear what the principal is saying, and then I tell them what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then they can decide if I want, if you want to let me come in or not and take over. But a lot of times, because they already know about me, so they already know what I'm going to um, expect. And so and then I'll just go in and I'll just set order. So, you know, the podcast is called Dear White Teacher. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not, um, I, I try and explain this every episode, this is not a criticism of or to demean or belittle white teachers is actually a tool to help them in situations like you're describing um, where there is a disconnect um, with black kids in our urban environments because they're the majority authority in the room but our kids are the majority audience and so um, I hadn't found a tool that can help them help us and so mm -hmm. that's why I do the podcast and it sounds like you're doing the work of what you know of what we're talking about restoring these this order in the room so did you find yourself in like had you ever found yourself in a classroom where the teacher was not receptive to your strategies um yes i think because sometimes they want to do their own thing mm -hmm. so when i'm training teachers or mentoring teachers and a lot of times i'm typically the only african-american and on, on the team so i always tell them you can't be me yeah you got to be yourself mm -hmm. but let's try to figure out what is your non-negotiables mm. your non-negotiables might not be my non-negotiables and vice versa but whatever your non-negotiables you need to make sure that the students know your expectation and a lot of times what i have found they're not consistent with it mm -hmm. they're letting the students run them mm -hmm. So if Johnny say, hey, I don't want, I'm not following your rules today. And then it's like, okay, Johnny. And that's not how it works. Yeah. If you, if your expectation is for Johnny not to get up, then you expect Johnny not to get up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday without asking. So you have to make sure you're consistent with your rules. And then you have to know yourself. Yeah. One of the things is you have to know yourself as a teacher, as an educator. I know myself as an educator. Mm -hmm. I know my non-negotiables. I know what I will negotiate with and what I will not. And that's in, on the line, so even with a parent. Um, and I and one of the things what people will be amazed about when it comes to me and my background is I was trained on a white teacher. Mm. So my my mentor teacher was Caucasian. Okay. And um, I'm I'm her only teacher that she actually took under her wing. Wow. I'm my only teacher. She passed away a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. But in her career, before she retired, I, w I can say I'm her only teacher. Wow. And um, and so I, it just so happened I was watching her. And she only taught predominantly black kids. I was watching her. I said, how is this Caucasian lady demanding a, commanding a room like this? Yeah. Like, and the kids are not flipping out or doing nothing. So I would just come in and just watch. I mean, I would be watching through the glass uh, door, just watching this amaze. I've, I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I remember when I was doing my student teaching, I said, um, would you mind being my mentor teacher? Mm -hmm. And she said, sure. Because she ended up, I ended up 
subbing for her. And I guess we connected yeah. our styles. And then from there, we just took off. And um, so, so talk about her style. Like, what, what were some of the characteristics of her being able to, to have that authority in the room and demand mm -hmm. that respect? She was strict. She didn't play no games. When I say play no games, didn't play no games. The kids were taller than her, but she didn't play no games. And the kids knew that. Mm -hmm. Not only did the kids knew that, the parents, they knew as well. So if she if she said like you in trouble, come come to me during your lunchtime. That's what she mean. She meant that, and um, and I think she was consistent. Mm. Um, she was fair too. She she you can, I mean you whatever she expect out of Amy, she expect out of Joe. Mm -hmm. That's good. And she knew her craft. She knew she knew what worked. She. She was able to get numerous awards, even from McDonald's. They honored her. Wow. Um, but she didn't. She did not want to teach. She only wanted to teach from an urban background. Uh, but the amazing thing is, when she passed away, I learned more about her. She was from Virginia. If you know about Virginia, mm -hmm. a lot of they had a lot of um, uh, racism. A lot it's, of tension. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And so when, so when she, when I found out, wow, and you decided to put your gift mm. and share your gift with kids of color and coming from her background, I was like, that was phenomenal. She was, she was the best. Wow. That's, that's a dope story. So when people always, you know, say different things, about me, I always say that I said you'll probably be surprised, but I was trained under a Caucasian yeah. lady. So that's an interesting journey for you to go from math to let me straighten up your classroom. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but I would teach math. Okay. So so I would straighten up math classrooms. I got you. So classrooms where the subject was math. Mm. So and 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 you already know that um, amongst our culture, we actually fall in math, in yes. the area of math. Right. So when I come in, it's like no, I can't play no games because this is serious. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to Kent, and you're taking education courses. Um, do you remember a course that was not focused on? what you teach but building relationships with kids looking looking at not not anything textbook but this is how you really grab a kid's attention like was there anything yeah no. i asked on purpose i need to answer already <laughs> i would but, say no and even in my cohort i was the only african-american wow yeah. in the math area so that was that's that was big mm -hmm. but no I can definitely say um, my cohort, I can say they wasn't prepared to teach urban students. So what do we do about that? You need to bring somebody that actually have experience with teaching urban students yeah. and actually talk about right. it, the realness of it. Yeah. Um, it's not going to take a book. Right. It's going to take experience. So how, how do we even present that experience? Because you're talking 15, 20 years 
back, mm-hmm. my guy uh, a couple episodes ago, Elijah Hill, is only two years out, two, mm-hmm. or two years removed. So he's a new teacher, had the same answer. So so nothing has changed. And so these teachers, white, black, or otherwise, right. are still not getting the experience of um, these differing cultures in the classroom. And so that's why we end up with white teachers who are, many are excellent textbook teachers. Yes. But this culture shock, they, they don't they don't know what to do with it. And that, that that's why I do this. That I want them to figure out not not even figure out, I wanna help them figure out strategies. Um, but not even strategies. Who like you, you, you made a great point. Who are you? You have to know who you are. Transparency, authenticity, all that type of stuff. And so, you know, how do we even get to the powers that be at these colleges and universities and the higher ups and administrations to say we're missing a key piece to why kids are failing because it's the culture of the classroom that they don't understand. You know, just reflecting on what you just said, and I just came up with an idea. You know, when we're doing our student teacher, we usually at one school mm-hmm. for maybe 10 weeks. Yep. Maybe they should ch- chunk it up, go in different environments. Yeah. You know, let the student teacher teach in a private setting mm-hmm. and then go into an urban setting and then go into different, just like if you will be a, a medical doctor, you will actually be trained in different uh, areas. Yeah. And I think that will help as well. Yeah. Instead of just, because a lot of times when they do their student teaching, it depends on where they did their student teaching. <laughs> um, they don't really even know that world. So they yep. finish, they graduate, they done, and then they looking for a job. Well, guess what? What what door they get that's open, the quickest. That's usually urban school. Urban school. I, I've said this in the podcast, if not every episode, and I always use our area. Teachers in Stowe, stay. They're not going anywhere. They've been there thirty and forty years. It's a suburban neighborhood. They're paid well. It's not an urban setting. So even a teacher. I went to Stowe, I grew up, I watched teachers. My mother's a teacher. I mm-hmm. want to be second, third generation teacher. I went to college. I come back home to teach, there's no, there's no opportunity because the same teachers I had when I was little are still, still there. there. Right. So guess where I end up at? In the middle of a, a urban district because I need a job, I need to pay off these loans. But now I'm shocked because nobody told me this even existed. Yes. And I'm a good teacher. I got a good heart. I want to see the kids excel but I, nobody told me about this here. And then they end up calling you to come fix it. Right. Or, you know, I work alongside of them mm-hmm. and I find that um, they give too much leeway. Yeah. Um, I've worked in all settings. I've worked in public, private, charter, online. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and one thing I found that teachers are are doing is they just give too much leeway they try to be their friend instead of their teacher mm-hmm. um instead of they and then they sometimes they're scared of the parents yeah a lot of times they are if the parents call um i've i've had to call parents on behalf of another teacher wow uh just so because they didn't feel comfortable yeah. But at the same time, I feel like my job as a um, a mentor or to help them along the way is to pr- 
is to teach them and, and train them how to talk to a parent. Mm -hmm. Because they can't be codependent on you. Right. They have to be able to function. And a lot of times I've been in a position where I'm mentoring first year teachers. Mm -hmm trying to keep them in a profession, yeah. <laughs> like right, literally, because right. they like, I get into this profession, you know, they do their first year, and they like, no, um, I'm, I'm done, <laughs> I'm like, I'm and I'm like, no, we, you know, it's, it's and, and you don't want that, and right. a lot of times, it's, I always say, it's, it's, it's really three things that make teachers leave, it's either administration, students, or the student, or both. Mm. So that really um, determined if a, a, a teacher is going to stay or not. Administration, administration, students, or the students, or both, or both. How'd you arrive at that? Just working at different schools. Yeah. Um, hearing, having conversation with with educators, mm -hmm. um, and also I've worked under some outstanding principals, and I've worked under some terrible principals. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I kind of realize um, what's missing. Why are you? It's schools that have turnovers left and right. Mm -hmm. They cannot keep a teacher for nothing in the world. Yeah. But they're not trying to fix it either. Yeah. And especially now after the pandemic, teachers are like, I'm not going back to that. Right. And so they're all, I'm in a few teacher groups on Facebook, and I, I read stories of like, yeah, I sell real estate now. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not built to take from little Johnny what little Johnny was given every day. Right. Like, I can't do it. And another thing is, they are from when I started in education to now, they have they don't have a discipline like they did at the all. Standard. Yeah. It have changed. Mm -hmm. And I think you cannot run a school without discipline. Right. And when when student when teachers feel like you don't they don't have the backing or the support, and you let Johnny go get loose, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then you talk to him and he come back and he get loose again, yeah. <laughs> and you talk to him and come back and you tell tell Johnny, the teacher they got to deal he, with it. He run the school. Oh, right, he running the, run the school. And the teacher and what the teacher's doing is. They going online to see where their next job is. Yeah. Cause they and they leave it in the middle of, of the, the school, year. school year. Yeah. If not in the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. About two weeks after they get a load of little Johnny, they like, hey. Right, hey. right. This is this is. <laughs> I've had uh, enough of him. Right. This is it. Wow. That that's a lot real fast. This is so good. So, I asked, um, did you have teachers that kind of rebelled against what you were offering? Flip side. Have you had teachers that have been like, hey, I'm so grateful for you. Teach me more. Can, can, can we have an ongoing relationship, mentorship? Um, and, and, and if so, what were some of, the, um, some of the things that they described that maybe they wish they knew how to do, that they saw you do, or, or even just being honest and saying, hey, I don't, ha I don't have that characteristic, or I, I don't know this, teach me. Um, I think, and matter of fact, I have colleagues I still keep in touch with to this day, Caucasian colleagues, mm -hmm. and um, I think one of the things is my discipline style. Uh, I just, just, I just have a no-nonsense attitude about it, and, and that's just how I look at it, mm -hmm. you know. I, but at the end of the day, I feel like 
you can discipline and still love them. Mm-hmm. And they have to understand that. And so just teaching them, it's okay to say no and mean it. Yeah. And if the student don't like you, it's okay. We're not right. here to be friends. Right. You know, and a lot of times they want to be friends and you have to let them know, no, you the educator. You educate them. Right. Not only are you educating them for uh, this time period, but you educating them for the future. Yeah. So one of the, one of the one of the things that I've noticed is just you know just the discipline aspect, setting order, the classroom management. That's really key um, in the classroom. Do you think there's a cultural connection between what that order looks like, though? So a black student hearing these consistent rules from a black teacher, we know what that does, right? Right. You switch it up to a white teacher who does the exact same thing, and it's consistent, mm-hmm. and there's no nonsense, but it's not working. So what's the problem? I think it's, it's, it, it could be a lot of different things. Uh, and then in that, in that case, a lot of times the teachers give up. Mm-hmm. And you gotta keep going. It might take them a little bit longer than me. You know, understand yeah. because I've been doing it for a while, and for them to, especially if they're not used to it, they'll they might they might give us, oh my class is still acting like it, you know. But then we need to figure out what ways, because at the same time, do you feel comfortable doing it? If you don't feel comfortable, then we need to find another strategy. And if you don't feel comfortable, they can tell. Yes. They can tell. They can tell. And then they'll, you know, they'll begin to say, "Oh, I'm gonna call my mommy. Yeah. I'm gonna tell, you know, and start." That's why Johnny them. keep getting loose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call my mommy. You know, you told me no. Yeah. Versus, they might not call their mommy on me. Yeah. They probably will call their mommy. You look like mommy though. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It, right. It's that. It's that connection of. It you is. Know, um, and sometimes, to be honest with you, um, it can. You can even have issues with males having black women teachers, black males being taught by black women Talk that teachers. out some more. <laughs> that, that's what we're here for. That, I mean, that, that is like what you said brought that out. It started yeah. to really, I started to really um, think about that. They have a, sometimes they can have a hard time, especially coming from a single family home. Mm-hmm. And they hear their mom, yeah, 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 at them. And then they come to the classroom, the teacher go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they like, no, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to be taught, you know. And so, and I found that that is, that is, can be a problem. Not only black males, but the black girls. Yeah. You know, a lot of times if they had uh, a mother issue, mm-hmm. they can correlate, they can compare you with a mom. And so you have to sometimes deal with them a little bit differently. Black girls, a lot of times, they might didn't get along with their mom or they don't get along with them, with her. And then so when they see you, you the teacher, and they like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And so a lot of times, even sometimes you're getting into it, it's like a power struggle a little bit uh, with even African-American boys or African-American girls. And I... As a collegiate teacher as well, I found out that that trickles all the way there to to adulthood. To adulthood. Really? So yes. you you've seen this in adult classrooms? I've classroom. seen it. Yes. 
I've seen it, and, and especially um, for a period of time, I was teaching at a college, and majority in the beginning were males, African-American males. And so a lot of times I've had to kick them out. They was trying you. They was trying me. Wow. I've had to kick them out, and then they they decide to go to the dean, and, and the dean already know how I am, so right. they, they like, no, you're gonna have to get it together. Um, but I noticed that, I, and a lot of times they come back and apologize. Really? And they realize they were wrong. Um, and, but I, but they might not really tell the true issue, but it goes to that. It yeah. goes back to that. Some childhood, childhood trauma. Childhood yeah. yeah. Wow. So I, I got one more thought. Uh, I, I want to see what your thoughts are on this. Um, shifting gears a little bit. The white savior. What's your thoughts? Oh my goodness. That's big. Because I teach mathematics, I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. Because our they will dumb down material for our kids to feel like they have mastered the material. Really? But in real life they they didn't master it. Or if the child said, Oh, I can't do it, then it's oh don't worry about it, Johnny. So they, this, this is not anything, if your name is Johnny and you watching, this is <laughs> no. not personal at all. Johnny, Johnny got loose in the hall. <laughs> Johnny keep coming up. We apologize, Johnny. But go ahead. And I'm not saying all Caucasian educators, but I have found yeah. that a lot. Really? And they have, um, even though the curriculum might say, hey, teach this, teach this, they'd be like, oh, the kids can't do it. Mm. So they won't teach it. So have you... So that's like... It's like I'm going to save them yeah. from the pain of not. I know they're supposed to learn us, but I'm going to save them because I don't want them to feel bad. I don't want them to not want to come to school. I don't want them. I don't. I don't want them to have a, that negative view of school, you know. And so, and I and I, and it disappoints me yeah. because if I have if I have. Uh, Keontae <laughs> next year, then he's not he's not where he needs to be. I know a Keontae, so, <laughs> so. you relax too. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not where he needs to be. Yeah. And so a lot of times, you know, they feel like, or they feel like, oh, I can come in, and I'm I'm gonna get this class together. We're gonna be in this, and it backfires. I never thought about it in the sense of curriculum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like so that that's a new thought for me. Like, black and it kids. happens even in the collegiate world. Yeah, be a you'll be amazed what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, so black kids don't do well at math and reading. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna save you. Yeah, you know, cut some corners a little bit. Cut some corners. Um, yeah, I've I've seen teachers do a lot of things. Yeah, you know. I've seen it all. Yeah. Athletes. Yes. Yeah. And then when they come to me, I, it's like, no. Yeah. I've had, you know, coaches come and talk to me. Yeah. But if Johnny don't do this, I'm going to give him an F, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, I said, I don't care if he's the best player. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, he needs to be able, if he become uh, going to NFL and he don't know how to manage his money, we're going to have a problem. 
Wow. He's going he gonna to be working at Dillard's or Walmart yeah. for the rest of his life. And it's not bad, um, but that's not the direction that he was trying to go. Right. That's that's so huge because, you know, you you already know majority of our kids are, are very sports-oriented right. and sports-focused, which is fine. That's their outlet. That's their avenue out. And I absolutely believe it, it leads to scholarships and um, great wealth. But like you said, if we can't manage it, then you know, you make all this money and by 30, it's all gone. It's all gone. Because we cut some corners when you was 13. Mm-hmm. That's big, man. So, man, we covered a lot. Like, this, this is probably the quickest, most robust interview we've done. Like, you okay. came out the gate like, <laughs> like, okay. Like, I was sitting there thinking like, oh, man, what's next? <laughs> so, if you had three things you know, especially going back, looking at uh, the classrooms that you've helped kind of restore. If you had three things to say to white teachers that work in urban classrooms, what would they be? Three build, pieces of advice. Build relationship, but you can build relationship and it could be effective. But the key is being consistent. So is that one and two? That, it's like, like, you said build like, relationship and be consistent. Was that one or two? Okay. It's, 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 it's a, it's, I want to say I have like four. Okay. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Hey, come uh, on, Doc. Be, be consistent. Uh, and remember, with co when you're consistent, you have to be fair. You know? Um, be consistent. Be fair. And, um, and make sure... Uh, you're prepared and, and seek counsel. If you need help, don't be afraid to ask. Let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> you, cause you, that's another thought. Like I absolutely believe there are great white teachers. Mm -hmm. They are, I was trained under one. But back to your point about administrations, yes. they don't have anyone to ask or they're terrified to ask. Mm -hmm. And so what's the response to that? You said don't be uh, afraid to but ask. A, but a lot of times what happens is they've asked and then the result wasn't the way they expected mm. it to be. And then they decide they don't want to ask again. Either wow. administrator made them feel like, oh, you should know this. Yeah. Or, uh, oh, I'll help you in a minute and they never come back. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so they just give up. They yeah. give up trying. Or uh, the administrators, they just make them feel less than, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's why a lot of times teachers leave because they yeah. don't have that support. Yeah. I I I got so much more, but I don't have nothing else because you you hit us with <laughs> a lot. Like I might need a part two with you like next season or something. Like we gotta do this again. Like you hit us with a lot. It's extremely dope. Extremely great information. It's, it's so much, and it's and I'm so glad that you're doing. Um, this because this this is this is topics that people don't talk about. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm doing. They don't it. talk about it, and um, and I think it will probably be good if you do a part two, because mm -hmm. I might end up bringing one of my colleagues. Please do that. And that's Caucasian that I worked with. Yeah. And we could just you know talk about the different skill sets. Yeah. Gabe, do not let us forget that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and she'd probably be glad to do it. Cool. I want to add one more to your list because okay. you mentioned it earlier. 
the non-negotiables. I non thought that was huge. Yes. Yeah, the non-negotiables. Talk a little bit more about that. Um, like for me, I and I just think that's through through my years of teaching, you develop your non-negotiables. Mm. And so I know, like for me, I'm really big on manners. I'm from down south. Respect is big. And so when my students is in my class, I expect them not to be saying, yeah, you're going to say wow. yes to me. And you're not going to be saying, no, no, sis, no, bro. No, you know, I'm not your bro mm -hmm. and I'm not your sis, but I am your teacher. Right. And your teacher have a name. Yeah. And so um, it's just certain things I'm just not going to tolerate. I, when, in my classroom, I expect my classroom to be clean. So, so even if your house is junky or, or, or your class, or your, they already know. If your room's like, that don't mean this is my yeah. room. I'm in here. Right. And so I make sure my room is clean. That's just an expectation. Um, one thing in my classroom, you need to ask me. You don't just leave. Mm -hmm. You ask me. Because wow. I let them know I run this shit. Right. Yo, give it up for for Dr. <laughs> Dr. Redelia House. Like, this was extremely dope. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having for me. For sure. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, we always, so a couple things. Uh, we always say let the people know where they can find you at. Okay. Um, you kind of already did it, but we always say leave them with, you know, one word of wisdom. Uh, I know you said you can remember your Instagram. You're not Instagram heavy, and that's fine. No. If you want to be like, y'all can't find me nowhere but this <laughs> podcast, which would be extremely dope because it would drive them to the podcast. <laughs> right. So feel free. But we also say, you know, that's your camera right there. Leave them with whatever you want to leave them with. Um, again, you can find me on Facebook, Redelia House. Um, one thing I want to encourage you, you could do anything that you want to do. But make sure, don't be afraid to seek advice, seek help. Because we need each other. We was created to need each other. Cool. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Another episode of Dear White Teacher in the books. Uh, make sure you uh, have followed us on TikTok, Dear White Teacher. No, I'm sorry. Dear underscore white underscore teacher on TikTok, Instagram. Um, find us on YouTube, Dear White Teacher. Um, just Google Dear White Teacher and hopefully everything comes up. And follow us on everything. Like, share. Uh, subscribe, all of that. Uh, thank you so much. See you next time. Peace.